Happy Tuesday to our listeners and fans. Daniel Zathmary with you for another episode of Around the Dime with TE Nation. Joined, as always, by Martin Ellis. And today we'll be joined by Billy Henley. He is the recruiting coordinator at Andrew College. How are we doing on this Tuesday, you guys? Doing great, boys. Doing well. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, Billy, we appreciate you having, coming on as well. For our viewers out there and listeners, I hope everybody's still staying safe from COVID-19 and and continue to train and do what you can uh, during this time. I know uh, we're all staying optimistic and uh, about a summer season, and we're getting ready to, to get after it when we do get out there and get that opportunity. But uh, as Daniel just said and introduced you guys to, uh, today we have Andrew uh, College uh, head recruiter and Billy Henley, and this is going to be a good one, guys. He's uh, kind of a, in a unique situation as far as his playing time career, which will let him kind of – talk to you guys about and then his coaching career um, this guy Billy is has coached at the division one level played at the division two level coached at the division three level and now he's at the juco level so this is going to be real informative for our parents and players just so you guys can kind of get a heads up to see the difference in what it takes and what he looks for in players uh, not only on the field but off the field as well to get to those levels so uh, make sure you're really locked into this episode um, so with that, like I said, with that being said, Billy, go ahead and tell us, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what your, your, your playing background and, and how you kind of came along in the coaching career and, and where you're at today. Uh, you know, I even did leave out that you used to um, coach for Team Elite as well and, and help uh, run our 17U program. So tell, uh, tell the listeners out there how kind of all, all so just got kind of the rundown on the whole, uh, the whole trip, huh? Kind of what we're looking for. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I want – yeah, Billy, take us back to the college days. I know yeah, we're the, both GCSU the, the good old days back in Millageville ahead, playing, with, uh, playing with Coach Cardi. Really, really enjoyed the time there. You know, I was uh, fortunate enough yep. to be able to spend five years there. Took a redshirt year to kind of help with some development. Uh, got a chance to be part of two different conference championship teams. Chance to be part of a team that went to the 2010 College World Series, the Division Two level. You know, came in came in third place there. Unfortunately, just couldn't quite quite push it across the finish line. But really great experience and really great thing to be a part of. And got to play with a lot of really great guys down there, really talented players down there, and a really great experience overall in terms of education, college experience, playing career, the conference, everything. Can't say enough good things about Georgia College the staff, the people down there. Uh, and I know we're going to get into the recruiting stuff a little bit later and talk about some stuff uh, like that at different levels, but would like to go ahead and just get this out. We're talking about playing at the division two level. You know, I know we got a lot of younger team elite guys listening that may be just getting started in the recruiting process. And I would challenge any of those guys who are going into the recruiting process with that D one or bust mindset thinking, you know, I've, I've got to play at a big D one. I've got to do that to go take a weekend go watch a quality division two series, go watch North Georgia play Georgia college or Columbus state play Georgia college. Or, you know, if you're fortunate enough, maybe go see Tampa play Barry down in Florida and just look at the athletes that are running around those fields on those days. And I think it may open some eyes as to the different levels of, of play and the quality of baseball that happens at the division two level for sure. 
you know, and then, then going from there, it was, you know, pretty obvious towards the end of my career that I wasn't going to get drafted and, you know, knew I loved baseball and wanted to stay into it. And, you know, my roommate at the time was, had actually graduated a year before me and was, was coaching with team elite at the time and called me up around November and said, Hey, I'm working with this program. It's a bunch of really good guys and they're doing a really good job getting kids better. They're really looking for somebody who can, uh, who can handle their catchers. And, you know, I caught down there and it's kind of a passion of mine anyways. I said, absolutely. I'll come, uh, come down and talk to the guys about it. So I remember over Christmas break, I drove up to Winder, you know, first of what turned into many, many trips to that Winder facility, but drove up to the Winder facility for a winter workout. Uh, you know, Coach Boris rolls in to interview me, just finished his lift all sweaty and everything, you know, looking, looking like the man that he is. And we talked for a while and, you know, in typical Brad Boris fashion, he said, hey, why don't you, why don't you hang out and, and help us for the night? You know, we'd love to have you, have you join us. So I did, you know, got to spend, spend two hours doing a winter workout with some of the younger guys, and helped with the catchers, helped some with hitters, threw some BP, absolutely fell in love with it. You know, talked to talked to Brad afterwards, and then you know, really enjoyed how you jumped in there. And is it something you'd be interested in doing? I said absolutely. Could not could not wait to say yes. Couldn't say yes fast enough to to jump on board for the summer. And I, you know, as we go through this whole coaching career and all the stops that I've made, I I really do have Brad and the rest of the team elite guys to thank for giving me my start. You know. Let me let me jump in and start coaching as a guy who had just graduated college with no coaching experience and jumped on board with his 17U program and got to learn right under him, watch him coach every day and how he handled guys within a year or so of being there. I'm on the field coaching guys and with hitters like Austin Meadows and Rowdy Telez and Clint Frazier, just to name a few that have you know spent some time in the big leagues and as a 22, 23 year old kid fresh out of college with no coaching experience. Start with Team Elite summer and the fall for a the younger before we get started i just wanted to take that second to to thank brad and teaching me a majority of what i know about coaching you know getting the start there then from there you know brooke richards now the uh high high school director at the time was coaching at south Forsyth high school and he decided it was time to make the move over to Team Elite a little bit more and asked me if I'd be interested in the job over there and recommended me for a community coach position at South Forsyth High School with, with Coach Bear. So I went over there and talked to him about it and spent two years over there, which was a really awesome experience getting to to be part of a, a program where it was, you know, every day talking about the same things over and over again and kind of seeing what it's like to, you know, the difference between the, the travel ball and the high school approach and, you know, where at Team Elite we do an awesome job developing a large group of guys and you're working with different guys every day and you're getting input with those guys and they're getting feedback from a bunch of different coaches and then you go to the high school level and, you know, it's the same 18 dudes that are looking at you every day and you get to kind of see that development. So it was cool to see the, the differences there and the positives to both of those styles. Uh, definitely 
definitely fell in love with the team aspect of it there too. Uh, so spent two years there and then got my first shot in college coaching at Oglethorpe University. Uh, and a lot of you guys that are listening to the podcast from the Atlanta area have probably heard of it. But for those of you that haven't, it's a division three right in the heart of Atlanta. Uh, you Atlanta guys probably know it as the Harry Potter College, a bunch of gothic buildings, <laughs> brick, absolutely beautiful campus. You know, it seemed like once a week somebody was filming a movie on campus because of the way our buildings look. Uh, tell you know, our, Dan Giordano. Hey, yeah, go ahead. And tell our listeners out there too, like what was the what was the main difference for you as a coach going from the kind of the, the team elite to the high school level to the college level uh, as far as your mindset, what you were looking for, how you instructed and, and things along those lines? You know, I think I think one of the main differences there is just overall overall goals and outcomes. You know, I know a lot of times, and it, it's hard to say this because, you know, depending on where you're at, the goals change, obviously, right? Sure. Where the goal, the goal of Team Elite is we, we focus on development, right? The, the goal that, you know, that, that when I was there, we always preached development. We want to get better. We want to – we want to see every player improve. We want to make sure every player goes to a college if that's what they choose to do. You know, we want to we want to see guys come in the door as one player at, you know, 12, 14, 15, whenever they enter the program. And we wanted to see them leave at 18 an improved version of themselves, bigger, stronger, faster, better swing, better arms, you know, had gotten better at shortstop or third base or wherever it was they were playing. You know, the, the individual development piece was very – very critical to team elite and what happened and obviously having good players and developing them led to a lot of winning on the field you know you, you roll out a lineup that had Clint Frazier Austin Meadows and Rowdy Telez three big leaguers you know hitting three four five we we won a lot of a lot of games there but that wasn't necessarily the primary goal the goal was to make sure everybody left a better player than they came in where you roll into the, the college side of things and, you know, the high school is kind of a blend where you still want to get players better, but obviously it's a team concept and you want to win and you roll over to the, you roll over to the college side and it, it we're, right. we're going to win. Like, and obviously you have to develop players to win games, but the development is a piece of the puzzle that leads to winning games. Maybe not necessarily the overall goal, right? Where, you know, in, in the college aspect, you're really happy if your guy starts throwing harder or his average improves and all that. But if one player's average, if every player's average jumps 20 points because of what we did development wise, but we lost 35 games, you know, that's not, not necessarily a good recipe where if everybody on a team elite team at the time, if everybody had jumped their batting average 20 points from the previous summer, hit a few extra home runs and all that, we're ecstatic about that no matter what the what the win-loss record was. It was just kind of a men mental shift one way or the other. And, again, that's not to say that we didn't right. play games to win at Team Elite. Obviously, the goal was always winning and playing baseball the right way. I think the focus just lended itself more towards development and making sure everybody got better than, than winning games. But the two can go hand-in-hand hand for sure. For sure. Right. And I'm glad you kind of brought that up as far as the difference between, you know, coaching travel ball and college ball, just because college baseball in a way is so, 
you know, win now mindset. You know, a lot of the times, you know, you, you're expected to come in and get the job done. And, you know, a lot of the times if you don't, they have somebody else there, they move on, you know, to another player as far as transfers or whatever. But, um, you know, I can't stress the fact that you brought up development a lot. And, you know, with Team Elite, all of us, you know, three of Coach Team Elite, we, we stress development probably more than any organization that, that I can know of. You know, at the end of the day, we, we want to get kids better. That That's our main goal. And it, it might be, you know, like Billy said, like a batting average kind of improvement or an arm strength improvement, or maybe, or maybe just a team jump or, or something, something that helps them get better. And I think at the end of the day, you know, I think that's why we're one of the, you know, better organizations as far as development, because we're just, we're producing on the field, we're producing off the field. You know, we've got a great rate of getting people into college, you know, at every level. So I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up as far as development and and you know the time that you took to do no, that there's, there's no doubt about that if anybody yeah, awesome, you know man. i know a lot of the a lot of the players and parents listening here are part of the team elite organization and some people may just be you know stuck at home looking for anything to listen to baseball wise and maybe haven't gotten to experience the team elite program themselves but if you come watch a practice or a game day to day you'll see that that development is the focus. You know, there's there's a lot of emphasis on drill work, a lot of time spent on fundamentals, a lot of time spent on how to do things the right way from a baseball standpoint to make each player as good as they possibly can be. And it's definitely one of the one of the positives to the team elite program, one of the many. Right. I mean, I can tell you that's why, you know, I, I started coaching. I know just kind of something real quick. I mean, we kind of had similar paths. Obviously, you were at GCSU before I was, but, you know, I left GCSU and ran into Shane Hopper one day when I was babysitting a kid. And, you know, I played for Shane when I was with Team Elite. He's like, hey, come coach. And same thing. I was 22, 23, and I've been with, with Team Elite since. So it's just it's just crazy how you, you know, have a passion to be a coach and you go to practices and you develop kids and and you see them getting better. No, it, it's just cool. It's cool to be absolutely. a part of Absolutely. And the opportunity so, that that's, you know, that's pretty neat, Team Elite man. gives and that the players that players and coaches get with Team Elite just with the with the structure of practice and the way that, you know, I know in my time with Team Elite, I spent most of my time coaching 17, 18-year-olds, but it seemed like almost weekly I was at a at a 15U practice with Mark and Brooke Richards helping their guys and working with their catchers or working with their hitters and you know, getting to develop guys that I may never actually see play on the field or play a game for me as a coach, but we still got got the chance to work with those guys and develop those guys. And, you know, on the flip side, players got to hear a lot of different feedback from a lot of different coaches at all the different age levels, you know, where, where one day it might be, you know, myself, a 17, 18 new coach who's working with them that day. And then the next day, you know, Jeremy Brotherton, Landon, Shane, Shane Hopper, those guys would maybe be down with them, talking to them and have a little bit of different input and maybe something else clicks for them. So the chance that, that team elite players get to hear from so many different quality coaches and is awesome. And then on the flip side, the chance that, you know, the coaches get to work with so many different players is, is awesome. I think what people maybe don't, don't realize much is coaching is something you have to practice too. You know, you don't just roll out of bed, a good coach. And, you know, the more you, the more yep. you get oh, to coach, the more players you get to coach, the more the more games you get to coach, the better you get. You know, and I know we we always joke about the grind of the summer and you know, especially for the coaches where it's three, four, four games a day with some different teams and 
you know, I know me and Mark always used to joke about the grind and this and that, but, you know, the chance to coach three or four different games a day, you get to see situations more often than you would if you were just coaching one game or, you know, players playing doubleheaders, playing 65 games in the summer, going through that, that, that grind, that season, you know, they get, they get exposed to way more in 65 games than they would in 20. So it's an awesome experience overall and, you know, lets you develop as a player and let, you know, all of us that are on this podcast and many others, you know, throughout college and professional baseball develop as coaches as well. So. Well, that's so cool, man, that you just said that you got to like learn and practice as a coach too, because I was talking when we had Landon on here, I was kind of talking to him and even you, you know, I've, I've learned a lot from catching, from watching, from watching you coach and talking to you and breaking things down. But it's funny because you know, I just learned how to throw BP <laughs> last year. Remember I those days. Struggles with that. So people don't even know how funny that is. And, and right. And Jamie Crane and Jeremy Brotherton probably tell you stories of me just, <laughs> just pounding the bottom of the plate, just sinking the crap out of it. Cause it finally took me just until this year to, to finally get it. But that, that's cool, man. It's cause, cause we really do. You know, we really do practice as coaches. We learn. We learn from each other. I mean, baseball, in my eyes, is just like a big educational platform. I mean, you can you can learn from everybody. There's not one person right. you say so, that so nice no, to baseball. So finish up, too, there it. with so, kind of the, the Oglethorpe cool. of where it went after that. It was, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but after the your time there, it was at Georgia State last year. Is that correct? Yeah, so I was, went to Oglethorpe. And again, great opportunity. You know, Dan Giordano's been there for, for many, many years and runs a great program at Oglethorpe. Yep. And again, you know, I, I challenge people the same thing that I challenge them about a DQ game. Go watch go watch a game at Oglethorpe. You know, there's there's really great baseball in your backyard if you live in Atlanta, and it's not just Georgia Tech. You know, go go watch those guys play and watch the level they play at, the facility they play at. And you'll right. You'll learn a lot about quality college baseball at all levels, but you know, Gio was awesome to me there. I got there, and I remember he hired me in January, uh, about two days before spring practice started. I mean, I I got most of my my gear the day practice started, and you know, rolled on the field. And that morning, you know, that afternoon, we had early work, and it was infielders. And he, we walked out to the field. And he goes, "All right, you got uh, go work with the first baseman. I'm going to take the take the middle guys and third. We're going to talk about double play stuff. Go go work with first baseman, right?" And, all right, cool. What do you what do you want me to teach them? What what have you been teaching them? What you know? What do they need? What do they just whatever you want? You know, you they're yours. Go coach them. Go mm-hmm. go get them better. You know, and and that was awesome. And we so we rolled into that, and he's a great guy to work for. I remember we were we were scrimmaging about three or four days before our our opening series, and I think we were playing some team from Pennsylvania or something like that, coming down to get out of the cold. But we were scrimmaging just our guys, and you know. She had to step off to talk to uh, talk to the president of the university or somebody like that, and he was assistant athletic director too. So every once in a while, he had to do some real work like that. But he was coaching third at the time, so I just kind of split over and you know started talking to some runners about guys behind him and stuff like that. And he came up afterwards and said, "Man, you did that a good job. You're coaching third base from now on. We're good." You know, this is a guy he'd known me known me for two weeks at that point, and all of a sudden, I'm coaching third base in college baseball and. You know, did we we had some disagreements every once in a while about guys getting sent to the plate, but you know, he he let me make some he let me make mistakes, he let me learn from them, and he he trusted me to develop, and it was it was a really great experience, and I can't can't thank him enough for that opportunity to 
to develop in, yeah. in college baseball. Absolutely. Right. You got to be throwing and the fire. Like, and like we tell some of our players, too, the best sometimes the best way to learn and, and to grow as a coach or a player is to fail and learn from those. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, uh, go. that's definitely cool to see. And then, obviously, like we said, we, you know, you took your talents to, to Georgia State with head coach Frady and uh, assistant coach uh, Brock Bennett, who's obvi- obviously a uh, – kind of a friend of the program uh, and former coach of Team Elite as well. And so tell us a little bit about your time over there at Georgia State. Yeah, Brock called me Brock called me up and said, hey, man, it's uh, it's not official yet, but it looks like our volunteer assistant's going to be moving on. Is that something that you'd be interested in? And I'm like, ah, oh, man, if it means i got to work with you every day, then of course not. But, <laughs> yeah, no, just, just kidding. Brock's a good friend of mine, and I know he's going to listen to this, and I'll get a phone call critiquing every um and oops and – stuff that I say here so sure just rock first time podcast so get off me a little bit about it but no he asked me if I was interested and I said absolutely you know I think I think anybody that enters in any profession's goal is always to do it at the highest level or at least that's that's always how I've been and I know that's how how you guys are as well and it's what we talk to the guys at team elite about a lot but you know the the chance to get to go do it at the division one level is, is hard to say no to and you know, a chance to go over there and, and work for Coach Brady, you know, 13, 14 years as a Division One head coach, managed the German national team. You know, all all the experience that he had to come with it was a great opportunity to to see a, see how it happens at that level. You know, I I was a Division Two guy, and I mean, I know I kind of got on those guys about those D one dreams, but I think everybody goes into into playing with those D1 goals and dreams. And I did too. And, you know, never, never got the chance to play at that level. And I don't regret it at all, but the chance to get to see it and, you know, be out there on the field at Louisiana Lafayette in front of 4,500 screaming Cajuns that, you know, (laughs) want you to, want you to lose, but then are going to be your best friend and feed you afterwards. You know, it's an opportunity that that's hard for anybody to pass up. And I really enjoyed my experience there, but, you know, like, uh, like Mary said a little while ago on the podcast, it's, it's college baseball and you got to win. And, you know, and the administration decided to go in a different direction. And, you know, then I ended up at, at Andrew College with uh, Coach Williams down there and, you know, following a trend of almost everybody that I've gotten to work for. He's He's been awesome, got on campus. And he's like, all right, cool, hitters are yours. And I think he came came to our first two days of hitting early work and, then it's pretty much just left us alone since then to do our work. And, you know, he'd come out, check on it every once in a while. You know, I know when he listens to this, he'll, he'll laugh about this. He'll get on me because we strike out a little bit too much, but everybody does. But other than, right, you know, come on, we Bill. five doubles yesterday. Yeah, we struck out ten times. All right, you're right, you're right. So, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get into those debates in the office sometimes, but. He's an awesome guy to work for. He, he lets his staff do their thing. He, you know, has taken over doing pitching down there. And so he spends a lot of time in the bullpen with those guys. Let's, let me and our other assistant handle infielders, outfielders, catchers, hitting. You know, he's he's an awesome, awesome guy to work for. And, you know, he, he trusts us in our evaluation of recruits. You know, he doesn't even necessarily need to follow up and see guys himself before, before he offers them. It's kind of a – kind of a shock the first time we had that conversation said, you like him all right cool let's offer him you don't want to see him you don't want to like no we'll offer him i trust you you know so you get to get to work for guys like that that yeah that trust you but 
at the same time lets you fail, right? Like I, I know everybody that I bring in isn't going to be a stud and having a guy that lets you make those mistakes without micromanaging you and being on top of you is an, is an awesome experience, you know, and want to go, want to go back and touch on something real quick that Zach Mary mentioned yeah. a second ago, or it might've been Mark actually now that I'm playing it back where you're talking about, you know, you're either winning or you're getting better. And, and between, between Georgia state and Andrew college, you know, as I was looking for a job, I got a chance to go up to, uh, to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and be the hitting coach for a team in the Northwoods League under under Tom Hardy, who was our head coach at Georgia College, and I know he played for him as well. But you know, we got we both got to play for him, and then I got to got to see it from the other side and work under him as his hitting guys. He was the manager up there, and he told our guys every day, "You either win or you learn." And sometimes you can win and learn, and the, mm-hmm. some you know big big takeaway there. And, you know, if there's any college guys listening to the podcast, I know especially this year with seasons getting cut short, you know, I'll say this. If you ever have the opportunity to go out and play summer ball somewhere in a league like the Northwoods or the Valley or the Coastal Plains or, you know, the Sun Belt here in Atlanta or any of those leagues, take that opportunity. It, it's a great opportunity for you. You know, you get to go out, you get to go baseball focused every day. There's no distractions. There's no school, you know. Even for me, I got to get up every morning, go to the gym, and then go to the park, and it was great. And I know a lot of our guys benefited from the experience as well. You, know, you get to feel that professional feeling a little bit. You know, you play in front of 2,500, 3,000 people. Go over to Madison, they got 7,500 people in the stands. Craziness going on. Feel that minor league feel. I think we played a summer with three off days in it over the course of 72 games. So, for all you – college guys that say you really want to play pro ball, you know, I, I'd strongly encourage you to get into one of those college leagues at least once, especially as a younger guy looking for reps, you know, go, go get that experience, go see what it's like to play 72 games in 76 days and how your body holds up and what you need to do, you know, so. Oh, geez. That's right. That's crazy. I did that two years, two mm-hmm. summers in a row, one summer in Kentucky, one summer in New York. And like even as a pitcher, like like if that that'll let you know if like you're in shape, if your body's in shape or whatnot. I mean, you know, they put you on like a you know your starter. They put you on a big league rotation. And you're doing every fifth day, yeah. so you're no, kind of even, used to that. Even, cool, even as a coach, so I remember about game sixty-eight. Too, and, you know, we took our BP and then took it into the locker room while the opposing team hit BP. And you know, it's a little longer BP time in college summer ball and pro ball. We got about an hour and twenty minutes, so we got to be back out on the field and. I sat down on the floor of our office, and the next thing I know, skippers, they're kicking me, telling me it's time to get dressed and get out on the field. I was just so dang tired at the end of the year that you know, I couldn't even imagine the guys that were that were playing. I Just as a coach, I was struggling to get through it. But, you know, the the opportunities <laughs> were awesome. And, again, like we talked about with the, with the high school guys and the youth guys at Team Elite getting to play 65 games in the summer and getting exposed to so many different things over those games, you know, you get – you know, 72 in the Northwoods or, you know, 58, 60 in the Valley Coastal Plains. Like, that's 60 more, 60 more games, 250 more at-bats, you know, 40, 50 more innings, depending on who it is. And it's just a great, yep. great experience. And, again, the chance to learn from from a different different coaching staff. And, you know, not to say that, you know, we had it all figured out up there or anything, because we certainly didn't. We made our mistakes up there, no doubt. But, you know, any, any chance you can hear from a different opinion, I, I'm a big fan of guys hearing those different opinions and knowing you know, 
what to take from it, what not to take from it. But you know, some guy may say, may say something a little bit differently than your college coach, and it may just click for you. You know, who who knows? So, so that's tell kind us, of the yeah. So tell us now a little bit about the Andrew gig. Obviously, you told the listeners that you're the hitting coach down there, and head coach obviously kind of lets you do your own thing. So. Now tell tell us a little bit now about when you're out recruiting, what you're looking for on the field, off the field for uh, for one of the top junior colleges in Georgia in Andrew College. You know, I, I think recruiting wise, you know, it's it's there's there's differences at every level, obviously, right? And you sure. get to you get to see those you get to see those firsthand, especially you know you bounced around like I have through those different levels. You know, obviously there's a there's a difference in play if you're watching, you know, Georgia State play Coastal Carolina versus Andrew College play Gordon, right? You know, everything happens a little faster. Guys are a little more mature. Guys are a little older. Guys, guys are throwing a little harder. The breaking ball's a little bit better. You know, the, the game's just quicker. You know, obviously the, obviously the facilities are different. You know, for those of you that have gotten a chance to see Coastal Carolina's facilities and, you know, a chance to see Gordon or Andrew College's facilities, it's, it's a little bit of a different world. Mm-hmm. But, but baseball is still baseball is still baseball no matter what level you're playing it at. Whether it's you know, fourteen U team elite, you know, as at Marriott Milton High School, or you know, at Andrew College or Georgia State, or you know, even up through minor league and major league baseball, it's, it's you still got to pitch it, you still got to hit it, you still got to catch it, and and when you're recruiting, that's that's what you're looking for. You know, obviously recruiting wise, you want to get get the best players you can get to benefit your program. And, you know, so, so the number one thing you look for when you're recruiting is, is tools on the player. Right. And I remember I listened to, listened to Landon on the podcast, I guess it was a couple weeks ago. And he, he talked about the tools a little bit and you know, I don't want to go back over and beat that too much to death, but you know, can he run, can he throw, can he hit, can he hit for power? You know, can he field, you know, kind of, and those five tools that everybody talks about. And then obviously there's the intangible stuff as well. But, you know, we've talked about it a couple of times since we got started. The goal of college baseball is to win, right? You, you got to win. And to do that, you got to have players that have tools. So you want to you wanna find the guys with the best tools possible. And, you know, the best tools possible to fit your program. And that's not to say that everybody that gets recruited has to be a five-tool player, you know? You obviously want a guy that can do a do a couple of things, maybe three of those things well. But if they've got one really, really, you know, elite plus plus tool, you know, if they're they're a guy that can hit a ball 450 feet consistently, I can I can overlook a little bit of defense or a little bit of lack of foot speed there. Mm-hmm. You know, or or if they're a guy that's a really really good defending shortstop, you know, he can be a little behind with the bat, and we'll we'll still look at that guy for sure. So there's there's kind of a different, you know, evaluation of yeah. tools based on the tool set that each player has and you know, you you want to see a guy that knows who he is as a player and gets the most out of what his body can do and then you look to see if that if that fits in your program. You know, I know you know at, at Andrew we like to steal bases. You know, we were fourth fifth in the country in in stolen bases last time I checked. I think we probably dropped off a little bit since then, but I know we're in the top 10 or 15 in the country in stolen bases. So we, we look for guys that can run, right? I mean, if there's, you look at our lineup, there's two guys, maybe three, depending on the lineup we're rolling out that couldn't steal second base if they needed to, you know, that's, that's our, our 
catcher. I was that guy. Uh, too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, I same, was one of those same, no doubt about that. Now I'm all over guys to steal bases. How many did you steal in your college career? One. Yeah, but but it's it's the system we run. It's the right. program we run. It's been successful down there, and you know we like I said we we maybe have two guys in our lineup that aren't capable of stealing second base, and that's our and even then depending on our lineup is you know our catcher, and and both of our catchers are premium defenders. They were both quality guys behind the plate, and you know big doubles power guys. So we we could let it go there a little bit. You know our our first baseman who led the team in home runs and RBIs hitting in the four hole. And then our DH who was, you know, that, that guy we talked about where he had really elite power could leave the yard at any time. It couldn't run quite as well, but he had developed enough savvy as a base runner to, to be able to delayed steal when he needs to, or know when a pitcher kind of forgot about him because he's a bigger dude over there and take that bag and do that stuff for us. So, you know, kind of, Kind of depends on on the player recruiting wise, but obviously you want to look for those tools and those tools that are going to going to play at the college level, and then you look for for room for growth in those tools. You know, I I know he's right here as a hitter right now, but is there something in his swing that can clean up to take him to the next level? Or you know, he he plays shortstop and he's a little bit stiff with this, but if we got some stuff going with his hands or if we got his feet on time or whatever, could he turn into a really elite defending shortstop? You know, you, you look and you project and you try to, yeah. you know, imagine what that guy could be in a year or two years. You know, usually when you're recruiting a guy, you're not thinking about them being on campus playing a meaningful game for you for, you know, between six to 12 months. So where are they going to be in those next, in that next half a year to year? How are they going to get there? And that's where, you know, that's where the intangible and the work ethic stuff comes in, which is definitely a huge part of it. You know, you, you got to have the tools to be able to play, you know, but, but you also got to have the, the off the field stuff that Zach Mary was mentioned a minute ago, you know, and that's where we'll, we'll talk to coaches. We'll talk to travel coaches. We'll talk to high school coaches, you know, a lot of people that'll talk to teachers and guidance counselors, and, you know, all those, all the stories about people talking to, talking to guidance counselors and not recruiting a guy because of something their guidance counselor said. Those, those are true stories. You know, I, I know plenty of people that have been all over a player and you know, all of a sudden they just weren't on them anymore because of something that popped up on their Twitter or their Instagram or something like that. So, you know, all, all that off the field stuff is definitely, definitely part of it from yep. a behavior wise, you know, is, is he a good kid? Is he a good teammate? What do his teachers think of him? You know, what, you know, is he going to cause problems? Does he has a his, does he have a history of being in trouble? You know, is big one for us is is he willing to put in work on his own? You know, and I think I think at Andrew, you know, and 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 everywhere I've been for sure, I don't want to you know say that it wasn't this way anywhere else because a hundred percent was every everywhere I've been, and I've been fortunate in that regard. But you know, I know at Andrew, my office is right across right across the hall from the weight room. And we'll we'll go through a full day where guys will do a team lift in the morning around their class schedule. They'll come out for early offensive work. They'll go grab some lunch. They'll come back. They'll, you know, go through a full team practice. They'll go get some dinner in the cafeteria, go get some studying done. And I'll go back to my office 9, 9.30 to check some emails, you know, make a phone call or two, talk to a recruit, you know, just for whatever reason. And it seems like every time I had to go back to my office to that, you know, 10, 15 of our guys are in the weight room getting after it again because they want to get a little more of a lift in or got a little cut short because of class or they just 
felt like they wanted to get some extra work in. You know, that's that type of willingness to work on your own and do do above and beyond what's what's asked of you when when we're already asking a lot of you. You know, if, if you go through the math there, that doesn't leave a lot of hours left in the day for social life or things like that, especially when you factor in that they're all taking four to five classes and probably have a te- probably have a test coming up and two papers that need yeah. to be written. So, you know, that that willingness to. Oh, the hundred college college oh. baseball is more than just baseball, pretty much like what you're what you're stating right now. There's there's more to it than you know, stepping into the batter's box or fielding a ground ball or, or whatever, you know, there, there's academics behind it. And I'm, I'm glad that you've taken the time to, to at least touch on that. Cause I know that at team elite, when we talk to, you know, our players, we have people come in, you know, like yourself or, you know, various college coaches or scouts, you know, they kind of preach the same thing. Um, you know, checking their Twitter handles or social media accounts, because, you know, in this day and age, that that's where we're at. Twitter, Instagram, all that, that that's popping. That's what everybody loves. So um, I'm, I'm glad that, that you had a time to, to, to talk about that a little bit. But, um, Billy, I, I really do want to thank you for coming on and sitting with us today. And no, I know we miss you. We don't really get to see you as much around. And for somebody that's probably yeah, been in every no. practice since I started. I, I, league, miss, I miss I you boys, too. You know, I, you I definitely enjoy my my experience at Andrew and being with the boys down there. I, I miss those nights at Winder at, you know, 11 o'clock, shutting the facility down after throwing BP for two and a half hours. So. Yeah. Oh, you can't oh, miss man. the, the those, coaches BP those, at Centennial. Those were either. the days for that sure. Was, was a if I could, real quick before Thursday. we hang up here, just a just a little bit, you know, get a chance. I know we've got a lot of guys in the uh, that are getting into the recruiting cycle, maybe starting it, maybe you know, kind of finishing it. You know, I know, you know, Team Elite runs the gamut from 11U to to 18U, and we got a lot of guys in different different stages of that process, but I just wanted to just a couple of things for those guys, if they may be listening, if you don't mind, if we've got, you know, maybe two minutes, you know, what one thing that's always stuck out to me in the recruiting process at at every level is go, go where you're wanted. Right. And, you know, we've, we've talked about it before. We've got those, those D one dreams and there's nothing wrong with having the goal of, you know, everybody wants to be the guy that plays at Clemson or Georgia or, you know, Georgia Tech and he's on TV every weekend on ESPN too, and you know you get to do all that, and and that's great to have those those goals. And 100, percent I encourage everybody to shoot for the highest level possible. But make sure that you're going somewhere where you're wanted and where you're going to get a chance to play, right? Where you know go go somewhere where where you get to develop. Because if you're going to go be the fifth guy at a school just because you want to say you you went to a Division One, then that's you know not a great place to develop on eight at bats a year. And all of a sudden you find yourself as a you know, junior who's got 18 at bats under their belt and trying to fight for a position again. And you just don't have that experience. So just make sure you go, go somewhere where they, where you're wanted. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, make sure the education fits where you're going. Right. You know, I know we, we see those NCAA commercials all the time, you know, almost all of us are going to go pro in something other than sports. And, you know, it's, it's kind of cheesy and a little bit funny to watch the commercials, but it, it really is the truth. And just, just make sure that when you come out of school, whatever it may be that you're interested in doing, whether it's business, education, physical therapy, 
you know, make sure the school that you're going to is a good fit and lines you up for a future beyond baseball. And then, you know, then this almost goes back a little bit to the recruiting and what we look for. Is make sure you stay on top of your grades, right? It's just the, the grades open so many doors for you that, that people don't even realize, you know, the, the amount of the pool that I could recruit from when I was at Oglethorpe, which is a high academic division three is so much smaller, right? That, that we recruited guys who maybe their tools weren't as good, but, their grades were good and they could get into school, right. you know, and, and that's, that's something, you know, the, the old football joke, the best ability right. is availability. Well, you could be the best player in the world, but if I can't get you into school, it doesn't matter. So make, make sure that your grades are, are on top of it, you know, make sure that you're on top of it grades wise one, because it just opens so many options for you, right. Where, you know, you've got bad grades. You might, you might be a guy who has to go to JUCO. And now you've taken every four-year school off the table as a recruiting option for you, or your grades may be just okay. And now you've taken every high academic school in the country off the table. And that includes schools like Georgia college, where there are very high academic requirements. I mean, I know they let some dummies like me and Zach Marion, but you really do have to have, you really do have to have good grades to go there. Yes, sir. And a majority of the schools don't have a lot of pull in the, admissions office in terms of being able to get people in with bad grades so right. you know keep keep those options open through grades and too it just it just helps financially right and everybody you know everybody in the world knows that that's in this in this and has gone through this has heard and i know team elite does a good job educating its players and parents but you know there, there's no full scholarships in baseball we we can't we can't give a give out full scholarships the way they do in football or basketball. You know, everybody pays something, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the division one level, it's 11.7 and that's spread out over a bunch of different guys. And, you know, yeah. that's, that's assuming the program has all their scholarships. You go down to the D two level and a lot of them don't have that many. So the more, the more you can make up for with good grades and academic money, the more you can benefit yourself financially and the more, intriguing you make yourself to a college coach if they can get a good player you know on academic money and still be able to use scholarship money to go get somebody else that's going to help the team then you're you've really made yourself a valuable asset to that program so those are all just just make sure you just make sure you keep an eye on that and then you know my, my last thing and this is spoken as a as a juco coach right now right don't don't take a negative view of junior college in terms of your development, right? And again, we go back to talking about the, D- the D1 dreams and, you know, trying to achieve goals. And, you know, some people just aren't ready to play at that four-year level yet. That's where, that's where JUCO can be a really good opportunity for a lot of guys. You know, I know people paint this negative picture of it. It's, it's where the renegades go. You know, all, the, all they do is fight and you know, it's where all the kids that couldn't make it academically or got kicked out of their D1 school for, for whatever, you know, insert problem that you may have here, right? Whether it's academics or behavior or whatever. And, you know, th- there may be some guys throughout junior college that are there because they ran into some trouble at their four-year school and are looking to, to bounce back and clean up their reputation. But a majority of guys are, you know, players who are trying to get to the next level and, trying to develop and trying to get better. You know, I, I joke with our guys sometimes. I say, you know, when they, 
they do something dumb or whatever. So I know we're junior college, but we don't have to act like it all the time. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's, let's clean it up a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, that picture of junior college guys is renegades, troublemakers, you know, all they want to do is go out and be crazy and party and fight and all that. That, that That's not the case, right? That's, you know, our, our guys are, are good students. They're, they're good people. And they, they just want to get better. You know, you go to a junior college, you get to play more, right? We get, we get to play 20 games in the fall where, where Division One and Division Two get two scrimmages outside of their own 24 practice. And that's part of their, their 24 practices that they get in the fall. We, we don't have practice restrictions. We can practice as much as we want in the fall. We, can, we get to play up to 20 games against other teams. You know, you don't, you don't have to compete with, with seniors. You know, you're, not, you're not competing with a 23-year-old for playing time. You know, it's, it's you know, at, at first base or shortstop or whatever, only one guy can play there at a time. And when the goal is winning, they're going to play the best guy. And sometimes the best guy is just that most more physically developed guy. And when you're 18 trying to go up against a 23-year-old, you know, you're not going to win that battle yeah. a lot unless you're just an absolute stud. And you come to a junior college and, you know, guys are, guys are all your same age. You know, they're freshmen and sophomores only. You're not competing with seniors. Guys are moving on more frequently every two years. And we've got, you know, I think going into next year, we'll probably have five or six position battles and, you know, four or five positions where it's not a single returner going to be there and the, the spot's wide open for somebody to take. And you get that opportunity and you, you can still develop. I mean, we have, we have all the, we don't have the flashy stuff. You know, we don't, we don't have the fancy indoor hitting facilities that, that some of these D1s have. You know, I would, I would kill for the big square that Coastal Carolina has behind center field. I know those of you that have played tournaments there or been to games there know what I'm talking about. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've got we've got a covered cage that we use. And, you know, we our guys <laughs> built that covered cage by hand, basically, with some guidance from somebody's dad who, who works in construction. You know, shout, shout out Mr. Host and Sean Host for, for getting that done for us. You know, but they built a covered bullpen so that they could get their work in when it was raining. They put a cover on the cage so they could get their work in when it was raining. We've got pitching machines that we use almost daily for velocity training. You know, we've got a, a pitching Rapsodo and a hitting Rapsodo that we use to track progress and development for our guys. And, you know, we've got plyos and, you know, trampolines and rebounders and tubes and everything for our pitchers to use to develop on a daily basis. And, you know, I, I say we, because I can only speak to speak to Andrew college and what we do as far as development, but, I know a majority of the junior colleges we played are in a similar position where, you know, they're, they're just trying to develop and get guys better and get them moved on. And I think that's definitely something that, that guys tend to have a negative view of sometimes when they start the recruiting process. And I just want to encourage guys to be, be more open-minded about that as they begin. Yeah. As, and like you said, those kind of, you just made a ton of great points. And as a former junior college player and, and so is, is Daniel, I can't, I, I agree with you 110% about everything about that. Junior college is a great option for a lot of players. And another thing that stood out, and Daniel and I kind of preach with Brooke Richards, who is kind of the 15 year director, go where you're wanted, not necessarily where you want to go. So those are, those are some great details and facts that you let our listeners know today. Um, I'm, before I swing it over to Daniel, guys, make sure you're like, uh, subscribing, or even commenting on on our iTunes and Spotify. And if you have any questions, please use the uh, team elite podcast at gmail.com. Shoot those over to, to us. We, you know, we enjoy kind of interacting with our, with our families um, and, and stuff like that. But um, before Daniel signs us off, Billy, 
we really appreciate you coming on. Um, we'll all be in touch, I'm sure. And uh, no, thanks for thanks for having me. Hopefully, we can get all this done where we can all get together here soon and hang out, maybe play some cards or something like that. So look forward to look forward to seeing you guys in person again here in the very near future. Yeah, Hopefully Billy, I appreciate you, man. Um, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Um, I'm proud of everything you've done. So it's it's cool to be to be a friend of yours, man. So keep doing what you're doing. Stay safe down there. Um, as far as all of our listeners, um, please, you know, like Mark said, feel free to shoot in some questions, some comments. I'm um, thinking of maybe doing, a, you know, an Instagram live one day when we can, you know, all get face to face and you can kind of see us or anything you want to see that's different. You know, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You know, we're always looking for ways to improve our uh, our educational tools for our players. So other than that, I hope everybody has a safe week and um, we will see you guys here probably on a, a Thursday or Friday episode.